Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC, Potters beat writer for the Union Tribune. I am in Denver. Potters getting ready to play three games against the Rockies. Final three times of 19. Oh, boy. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Jay, uh, we've reached the point in the season. Things winding down. We got two bad teams going against each other. Same thing as last weekend in San Diego. I think we're, we're mostly talking about Padres pitchers today, but I want to know what's on your mind. I, it feels like we just did this uh, with, <laughs> with the Rockies. They're, they're throwing three crummy pitchers against the Padres, and they did that last weekend and, and pretty much shut the Padres down, but the Padres shut them down as well and, and, and won two out of three. So this is the last time the teams will play. And, and then I think, what, the Padres play like 12 straight against Arizona to finish the season or something uh, <laughs> yeah. something along those lines. No, I know you go to Milwaukee and fortunately don't get to see Christian Yellow. Yeah. Which is too bad. That's just always from a the, bummer. Yeah, I mean, just the standpoint of watching yeah. great, great players, you miss, uh, miss out on that. But, yeah, I don't think there's a lot to discuss about the Rockies, certainly, who have been uh, one of the bigger disappointments in – in all of baseball, really. I mean, they're the well, just, sec- just, second worst the record, record in the National League at 62 yeah. and 85. So the, uh, they're six and a half behind the Padres, who have 68 wins and, uh, and what, 16 games to go. It's hard to say where they'll end up, but somewhere in the 75 range. Sure, 73, 75, something like right. that. Right, it seems realistic at this uh, point. So uh, tonight is, um, I believe, Joey Lucchese. For the Padres Joey and Lucchese. then Eric Lauer, they seem to go together in the rotation together. Yeah. They came up basically together, same draft. I mean, and for the future, I mean, that's really what we're talking about. What do we see for the future? Are they both going to be here? Is one of them going to be gone? Are they both pitching for a spot on the team maybe next year? Where where do you think things stand with the, the two left-handers whose names start with the same letter? I think that you've uh, you've got it. This is that's what this uh, next couple nights, and I think you can throw Cal Quantrill in there. Cal Quantrill, uh, who has allowed eight runs in each of his last three starts, whereas before that he'd been on a seven-game stretch where we thought, you know what, Cal Quantrill, he's something. Yeah, we talked about who... he was a lock for the rotation next year, and all yeah. of a sudden now he's he's in a position where you're not sure exactly what yeah. you have from from him. But uh, back to the so lefties, Lucchese tonight and Lauer. Tomorrow, and yeah. La- I'll start with Lauer because he's just been atrocious against the Rockies, right? And in his career, and especially at Coors Field, he very he very well may have uh, earned his start tomorrow by being a, you know throwing a good game uh, the other day against them, uh, and that was you know not the first time that he's been adequate against them, but uh, the first time since last year that he's been adequate against them. It's just been awful and so he and Joey Lucchese and we've talked about this before but as we get closer to the end of the season it becomes more imperative that they are uh, as as Eric Lauer said yesterday uh, you know leaving a good taste in uh, the Padres mouth in terms of if they're going to be better the Padres are going to bring in a starting pitcher most likely they're going to make a real effort for that I believe in the offseason you've got Garrett Richards you've got Chris Paddock you've got Dean Nelson Lamette so you've got three at, at fewest locks, if you bring in a pitcher, that's four. There's one spot for Lucchese Lauer. Right. And so, right. yeah, <laughs> as of now, with five months till, uh, you know, the middle of spring training, I would think that would put us, uh, you know, a, a long way to go, a lot of moves to be made. That Yes, we are at the point where every start by Lucchese and Lauer is, hey, 
what are we real? What are these guys learning? Like I've been saying this for a while, like, you know, training wheels off all that. Well, they, they weren't, you know, if the training wheels were off, these two guys were wobbling, but now it is like, look, are you guys a four and five starter for a team? That's going to be good. So there you go. Unfortunately for Eric Lauer. Well, I was going to say one of the things about that is you kind of think, well, you know, they've watched these guys pitch for two years. Is the last three, let's say they each have, I haven't figured it out, but they have three starts left probably, maybe four. Does it make that much difference at this point? Well, but maybe it does. Okay. I mean, is, are they showing Are they showing something about what where they are at the end of a season? You know, can they be counted on uh-huh. in September? That sort of thing. Well, also, and I'm going to get into this in, in, you know, this weekend, be it that I write about, uh, you know, Joey Lucchese tonight. Um, I just made up a new nickname for him accidentally, Jacasey. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, or Lauer tomorrow, maybe both of them, however I, it is that I choose to do it. They're reaching the point now <laughs> where most guys, I think you could safely say, would be coming up to the majors. Right. Remember right. how quickly these two guys, which we have always said were not Mackenzie Gore, you know, were not, well, you know, to project a little bit of what maybe Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino could be or Chris Paddock. You know, they're not Walker Bueller, mm-hmm. okay, who actually had more time. I know he had injury, but had more time in the minors than them. These guys are what they are, and they rocketed through the minors. Basically, single A, little bit of double A, boom, you're in the majors. And you were doing a triple A season last year for the Padres. Right. And so, and you know what? Still learning a little bit this year. So, yes, and you know what, Jay, great point. What are three games going to show you? And wait, you still got spring training next year, all that. Nonetheless, these two guys have reached a juncture right? That it is super important basically every time they go out. And, you know, it's it's important that they believe that. Well, and if you look, I mean, I'm looking at the numbers here and I'm starting with Lucchese. I can only look at one at a time. Lucchese, last year, 26 starts. This year, 27 starts. He's thrown 20 more innings this year and yet allowed only one more hit, uh, only five more earned runs. He's allowed fewer homers. He's allowed a few more walks, struck out basically the same. Opponents are hitting 30 points lower uh, against him, his whip has dropped from one two nine to one one nine. So, I mean, he's definitely shown improvement. His ERA, and again, this could all change tonight. His ERA is about a quarter <laughs> a quarter of a run lower, you know, than it was uh, a year ago. So, you could definitely look at that and say that sure, Joey Lucchese has improved, and you know, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't improve just a little bit. You would think more in the next in the next year if they. Uh, Keep him around. I'm looking at Eric Lauer here. He's his ERA is virtually the same: four three four versus four point four one. Uh, three more starts this year. Again, twenty four more innings. Uh, his numbers not quite as uh, impressive. The opponent's batting average is two seventy four as opposed to two eighty five. I mean, I I think at this point, I mean, Lucchese certainly would rate higher than Lauer. And then again, you could say if you're if you're going to be trading pitchers. Which you know we could see at some point, Lucchese would have more value than than Lauer would, uh, most likely, uh, unless it's to the Dodgers who might want to trade for Lauer just so he doesn't pitch against them anymore, uh, but, <laughs> or he doesn't go somewhere where somebody can can pitch him against the Dodgers in important games. But and that was why I raised the question: like, what what can we see that we haven't seen already? But I think it's just a conti- what you're saying a continuation to see what these guys mm-hmm. have learned and and will continue to learn as as we go forward with what just a little over two weeks left you know in the season and then what about Quantrill what do you make of uh Oof. what do you make of what's going on 
with Quantrill, who, as we said just a few minutes ago, he looked so good for really close to two months, you know, from the time of the All-Star game up until three starts ago, and now three straight starts has not looked good at all. So what, what, are, you, what are you hearing, what are you seeing from Quantrill at this point, and what can we expect, you know, with him pitching against um, – uh, uh, Denver, Colorado this weekend. Basically, all the things that he was doing during the good stretch, he's not doing now. The only thing that hasn't happened is his velocity hasn't dropped a whole bunch, but, you know, the thought is that he's tired. There you go. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for him, because <laughs> that does happen to players, right, to pitchers, right, it's just coming at a bad time. If the Padres are trying to figure out, they're going to move on. I do not know what their plan with Cal Quantrill is because – there is a strong belief by everyone that was watching him outside of the organization, inside. Wow, this guy turned a corner. This is what the Padres projected. You know, this is a guy who was injured basically his entire college career, right? Right. And, right. and you know, was sort of held back a, a little bit. Didn't start strong at all in the minors. But, hey, okay, this is what they projected when they took him eighth overall in 2016. So I'm not saying I, – I don't know. I don't – they're not giving up on him, but – bad time to go into a funk cal right and you know we could still see i guess probably three more starts out of him uh you know if you figure they're going even with a six-man rotation that would work out where he'd go like you know uh, pitch basically on each of the final three weekends and with here which would put him uh give him the game tonight against colorado and then probably two against arizona if they choose to go in that in that direction and and uh you know, again, that's you talk about what's what's left to show in three starts. Well, he's got a lot to show, uh, I would think, in those three games to show that he can pull himself out of this funk. Because I'm I'm sure. Look, nobody wants to give up on Cal Quantrill. I mean, he's 24 years old. He was the eighth pick in the draft. They paid him a lot of money, uh, you know, to sign him just three years ago. I, I don't think you're at a position where you're going to give up on him. But I'm sure you want to see a little bit more. Than, than what you've seen here in the last three starts from him. So uh, I, I guess those are important important games for Quantrill coming up here. Certainly with what he showed, both mentality and stuff in those seven games, yes, that supports the idea that, you know what, there's something there and right. you know we'll see. And you talk about three starts, well, and I'm going to use this little segue, they can be important for Cal Quantrill just like the last three starts for Chris Paddock. Right. Yeah, I mean, look how good those were after a couple of really rough starts and and Paddock bounced back with, you know, three outstanding starts uh, against increasingly better opposition. I I was out there the other night watching him against the the Cubs, who looked strangely awful that night, but (laughs) that doesn't take away from from Paddock and how how good he looked in that that game and and the previous games as well. So, uh, which brings to the for the obvious question, have we seen the last of Chris Paddock this year? And I, I guess I'll just tell you, I almost hope that we have. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what's left to prove at this point. He's shown that he can bounce back from you know a rough patch. He's got three good starts in a row now. Everybody's feeling good about it. He's thrown his 135, 136 innings. What's what could we learn in the last in, with one more start? two more starts or whatever. To me, only bad stuff could happen by throwing Chris Paddock the rest of the way. Thoughts, Kevin? Yeah. 
it's it's my understanding that Chris Paddock has not been told. You know, do I know that for one hundred percent certainty? No, but I believe it with a, a high level of certainty that he hasn't been told. I don't believe that means the Padres haven't made up their mind. I don't. I'm not sure what they're waiting for. If they have made up their mind, it doesn't hinge on anything else. It's all. I mean, you could argue that like the biggest thing this season is revolved around is the handling of Chris Paddock. So uh, it's not gonna. It doesn't have to do with Jacob Nix or Cal Quantrill or Garrett Richards or anything. So I, I honestly don't know. Um, everything lines up. There are people around Chris. There are uh, you know people in the organization that. You know, not people involved in when I say in the organization or around Chris, not anybody involved in the decision, but there are people that, you know, really thought that was it right now. Andy Green, who sometimes make offhanded comments and, you know, but not often when he was asked after Chris's last start, uh, why not, you know, the whole why not let him go out in a high note? Uh, he said there can be more high notes. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Paddock's different and they certainly aren't going to go. Well, I, I I see the merit in what you're saying for sure. Chris Paddock operates at a different level and, and they know it. And in, in terms of, well, wait a minute, the fear of it going badly is not something that we deal with here. Well, and I don't mean badly in terms of that he gives up five runs in an inning and he gets rocked or anything. I just mean in the sense of he's thrown the number of innings. You know, he's gone from, mm-hmm. what was it, 90 a year ago. Is that right, 90? 90, and he's at 135 and two-thirds. Right, so, so he's he's gone up basically by 50%, if mm-hmm. my quick math there is is correct. He's increased his, his workload by 50%. And I guess my feeling is this guy is going to be a valuable member of your team, you would hope, for a long time in seasons that you would hope would be better than this. So he's he's done what he needed to do, and there's no reason to, to push it. To me, it's more about the innings than, than anything else, that they've sort of reached that point that I'm sure they talked about at the beginning of the year. I think you wrote between 130 and 150. To me, being a little more cautious – these games, you know, win or lose these games, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> They've got other people to pitch. I mean, you know, Bolaños can go out there again. That's the, And Garrett Richards, if he's going to pitch next week, gives them a six starter. Jacob Nix could pitch some more. I mean, there, there's any number of guys that could that could pitch at this point. And those are the indications that I, you know, some of them that I've been referring to. Everything has uh, been lined up that they can cover any innings that Chris Paddock doesn't isn't able to because they shut him down. Uh, they are going to base it. They, they're thinking like you really, Jay. I mean, when it all comes down to it, you know, we're not going to risk anything with this guy. If they let him go, it's because they think that it's okay because they're certainly, <laughs> they're certainly not going to risk anything with him. Right. It just doesn't seem like there's any reason to take any chances at this point. Uh, after we've seen what we've seen from him and that he's pitched these innings that, it, that, and there's other, like you said, there's other people, to go out there. Look, if they were going for a wild card right now, sure, throw Chris Paddock. Well, I would say this, Jay, if you felt, again, like we can all look back and go, wow, Nationals, you really screwed it up with Steven Strasburg. But, you know, um, they did what they thought was best. Uh, I don't even know if a wild card would change things. They may have shut Chris Paddock down for another 10 days in the middle of the season if they were chasing a wild card so that he would only be at 120 innings right now. That's how they may have handled it differently. But my point is that circumstances around the team are not going to determine what happens with Chris Paddock. And that's why I say basically you and the Padres are saying the same thing. Well, other people should think more like me more often, don't you think? Don't you think, Kevin? Wouldn't wouldn't everything that's what be better? I always say. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, me, that's me what too. I always say. Me too. Somehow, my wife doesn't say that, but that's another uh, that's another issue. So, 
who else can we talk about? Jay, I think that we listen. We have we have uh, gone over this team <laughs> a, a lot here. <laughs> Should we just cut it short uh, today, Hunter Kevin? Renfro? Hunter oh. Renfro may not, uh, you know, may may show up on this trip. You know, among the things to look at, Garrett Richards. I'm pretty certain going to pitch on Tuesday in Milwaukee. There, that's what we're that's what we're watching. All right. Well, we can talk about Garrett Richards uh, on. Monday when you uh, when you make it to Milwaukee for for that and the Brewers th- those will be big games for the Brewers uh, this weekend not so big so we'll uh, we'll cut this short we'll wish everyone who's still with us a, a good weekend and we'll uh, talk to everyone on Monday thank you very much.